Welcome to the latest episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. I'm joined uh, with Liz, James, Matt, and myself, Liam. Uh, we are having a topic today, or a conversation around a topic of what we learned at Directions, which is the main Business Central uh, conference, which took place last week and uh, middle of November, uh, and for what it means for end users. So there's a lot of techie stuff that goes on at Directions, there's a lot of strategic stuff for the, the partners. Uh, from Microsoft, etc. But we thought we'd try and dissect what we've got, what we saw, what we discovered, and what it means to maybe our customers and other people. And what they need to know. Yeah, what's important. Traditionally, Microsoft have used it as the way of kind of driving the channel. This is what you should be thinking about. This is what you should be doing. And, um, you know, uh, I heard it called many times, Microsoft Kool-Aid, what they think and what we think Honor was lined up, so yeah. What 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 actions? What have we come back with? With top of mind, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So we had about three or four days out there um, from from early in the morning until well, had a week. Well, you, yeah. had a week. <laughs> you had slightly more <laughs> responsibility than the rest of us. So what what I, what was the first thing that, that that stood out for us, which we think our customers would benefit from from learning? So about the power platform, wasn't it? We were so smacked in the, the face from yeah. the minute you got there to the minute you left. Yeah. Um, about the power platform, but actually that wasn't you know my the the thing that surprised me talking to different partners and you know, I didn't get to many sessions but I talked to a lot of different partners from a lot of countries because that was my role there right and um, you know the power platform is not something they have to be convinced to use they're using it there's loads of implementations and they were saying we've got a team or we've you know we've set this up already or we implement it in this scenario and so on so power platform is not um it it's on a roll it's it's out there it's being used seriously consistently across lots of different partners and lots of different countries and i guess to cl- clarify what is the definition of the power platform? It's a good place to start, yeah. In, in, in terms of for our customers, so there's 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 a, a database called Dataverse, and that's traditionally what CRM has used as its database. Uh, that is now available to create our own tables, fields, linked to BC. And all this is in the cloud, right? We all in the so cloud. yeah, the so database yeah. is just a database in the cloud. It is. Then you've got, from a reporting perspective, hopefully everybody knows about Power BI. So um, you know, BI reporting tool you have, which we'll come on to. Um, power apps, so applications that you can build that you can then run on your mobile phone, tablet. Um, power Automate, so workflow tool. Again, all of those living in, in that um, environment have access to how many connectors now? It seems to go oh, up every week. Hundreds, yeah. if not thousands. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is kind of the ecosystem and BC is kind of part of that now. So, I mean, you, and you said hopefully everybody knows about Power BI and I think that's one of the, the challenges we've got, to be honest. People do know about Power BI, but they know about Power BI three years ago, four years ago, when we kind of went, oh, isn't this fantastic? And the front end was, but you didn't have access to the data. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, for me, that's actually... Um, you know, one of the, the exciting things about the whole power platform is not the power platform itself. It's the fact that BC now, Business Central, supports what the power platform needs to make the integration much smoother, um, much easier. The, the kind of... Which is this, APIs, this right? Te- that's, technological that, APIs. That, the the way that the, yeah. the, the data gets from, um, from BC to wherever it needs to go. So let's assume the data first. And the performance of that and the virtual tables so you you know you can access the data without actually moving, the fact that you insert a record in Business Central from the Power Platform and the and the events kick off and, and all the little little nuances that have kind of been gotchas in the past are slowly getting solved. I'm not saying every single one and there's there's one big kind of uh, elephant in the room that we probably need to talk about about kind of reliability and, and, and how you redeploy, but um, you can build a solution now which is pretty rock solid, performs well, and, and actually um, you know is better than building a whole set of solutions in Business Central um, for a whole bunch of reasons. So so I think then the key thing for customers is to, um, it, it, for us, is to work out now what sits where. What, you know, when, when there's a requirement, whether it's a, 
a requirement that reoccurs, so something that we, we do frequently and that we will come up with a solution for that we can just deploy to multiple customers or whether it's something that's very customer specific, how we decide which parts of the of the solution to do. Now we've said for, for years and years and years, keep everything in one place, one system, one place. Actually, that's that's not quite the case yeah. anymore. Things have evolved here, and actually, um, your data is more and more important. Um, but by being able to easily replicate it, not recreate it, replicate it in 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 dataverse or wherever it needs to go, um, can give you lots of lots of um, improvements around things like performance and, um, you know, if you want to. To be able to do data warehouse or all those kinds of things, it's um, much easier to do, which it's means that yes, your data will be in more than one place. It's not black and white anymore, is it? No. Um, you know, because you know, a Power App, for instance, has offline capability, which you never had with Business Central. You know, you had to have a connection back to your core data database. It, it's, it's an online system, Business Central. Power apps. If you're if you're using it on a mobile device and you've got people out there, that's quite nice to have that kind of offline and sync capability. But that introduces a whole set of kind of when's that data going to sync? Has it been changed in the meantime? Yeah, who, who, who's master? Yeah. yeah. Um, so with every advantage comes in effect complication in, in some respects. You know, and I would I'm still of the view that. The simpler you can keep your system, yeah. the better yeah. it is, and the more reliable it's the right tool for the and right the job. And the less money you'll spend on it. The right tool for the right job. It is, and it, and so it's looking at it's looking at all the kind of pros and cons, and and making a judgment about okay, this is there, and you know, I know Matt and I would probably, in some instances, come to a different conclusion. I think your more your instinct to use Power Automate, for instance, is far more better. And that's probably because you've spent far more time looking at it than yeah. I have. So but it's confidence. And there's, there's been some improvements in the latest version of BC so that from you know a lot of the pages within BC you can run a Power Automate specific to that record. Um, and, and that you know adds some nice functionality for users um, you know that you could they can go and create their own stuff as well. Can I make a controversial statement? Why even I'm not sure is correct that this all Power Platform and all of this stuff only really applies if you're on SaaS. I was just about yes. to say exactly that. Yeah. You're reading my mind. I was just about to say I exactly if, that. If you're Don't on prem, just if you're on prem, you've got to set up gateways. You've got yeah. to, you know the level of complication to try and sync in your on prem yeah, data. This, this conversation is, just nuts. is, is and, and yeah. quite a lot of it just doesn't isn't supported on prem. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm you might get it to work. It. You might get yeah. it to work, but um, working reliably. Is yeah, a separate and then plus every time there's an update on one part of it, then it, it, it it's just not worth even trying. Mm. You know, if all you're the not controversial there yet. statements you've said. I don't think that's that's what I do. <laughs> Normally, I go into a full on meltdown. You might have said something controversial. Yeah, yeah. I, I've that, heard, that's, I've I've heard, heard much, much more controversial yeah. come yeah. From, from your mouth. Well, not. I think that is. Um, I think that's. A I'll kick it up a notch, and I think there's also been some been some licensing changes as well that's made power platform yeah more affordable yeah, yeah. um you know power pages uh, power yeah. portals so the ability to create in effect an external facing web page looking at bc serial collecting your data, data displaying your yeah. data yeah. so a supplier portal is the one that always jumps to mind with yeah. me yeah the, the cost of that has come down significantly and um, you know, it was before. Yeah, because you, know, you, you have got to think about the number of users that are connecting to that data. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all coming through. Yeah. That's the one of all the Power Platform. I mean, Power Apps. Yes, I get it. And in the right set of circumstances, we built some great Power Apps for for customers that have got very specific um, requirements. Yeah, that. The duck one and the yeah, lobster yeah, one yeah, and yeah. The, the garage door one. And, and I don't the, know how to be animals related. <laughs> yes. Um, well, garage doors isn't really I animals, but yeah, um, you know, and and so, but those, you know, if you if you if you fish if you catch lobsters and sell them, you know, that's a, that's a pretty. It's quite niche. It's quite yeah. vertical, yeah. isn't it? That. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, those are very specific and one-offs, and I think. You wear the power platform, I think, has still got a bit of maturity. The whole productization, um, if that's a word, of uh, power platforms. So, you know, the, there are applications I can see us building power apps for, which we will want to deploy to... To multiple customers. Multiple customers. And it's that whole piece of, 
you know, um, if your if your BC system sort died and we had to rebuild it, potentially with the kind of whole um, DevOps process now, we yeah. could do that in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, if with all of these different components on the power platform and the connectors and configuring those connectors and the bit more manual, can, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you've got to, you know, so somebody's got to go through and, and put that back together. Um, and with monthly updates, or potentially you know, yeah, more often than nice, that, you've yeah. got you have got a few instances that could go wrong, and how and so you better have somebody who knows what they're doing on hand to put it right if you're relying on it on a minute by minute basis. Mm-hmm. So that production critical, and and when I say production critical, I'm thinking of the shop floor where you know if this doesn't work, the shop floor stops. Hmm. I'm still on the fence a little bit about whether Power Platform is in a position where I'd want to trust that. Well, you need a, a good plan B. Yeah, you need a fallback. Yeah. So I, we I went to one session where they had just that, but they also had a, an emergency app. So if if you know connectivity etc. went down, they also had pre-built another app which was local, which could work offline, which they could at least continue. The basics and then catch up afterwards. Costs more to do that, obviously. Oh, and you've got to keep both updated because. But if it's even, a B, if it's a BC screen and your internet goes down, you've got the same problem. You have, yeah. So you're actually better off in that scenario. I mean, the, the, one of the questions I've got is is kind of how do you know it works? How do you know it's going to work? And there are lots of you know business critical applications that we built where. You know, if this doesn't work and it doesn't work reliably, we can't ship product to customers, and that costs us money. And you know, it, it gets the the dial starts going around very yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of the, the, the way it builds up. So, you know, that the, the, the kind of testing tools tool set. You know, the the ability to go, yeah, that works, that works, that works. The ability that we have on BC now to say, okay, we are going to deploy the update to this platform really overnight works. tonight, and we have ensured it works, so we can tomorrow morning we know it's going to work. Mm-hmm. We don't have that kind of capability platform power platform side, do we? I haven't seen. There's there's um, telemetry you can get, but yeah, yeah, that tells you it doesn't work. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> At least you know it doesn't work, but it doesn't yeah. tell you. You know, you can't you can't do that kind of whole test and deploy cycle. Yeah. I think in the way that you can with with Business Central, and so that for me is you know, that that is one of the factors about whether I would architect an extension to BC where I can do that and test that, or whether I build a solution that goes off into. Yeah. Yeah. There's a support challenge for us as well here, isn't there? Because um, if we deploy an app in BC, the chances are only our developers uh, and our support team will make changes to to that app um, and deploy them. If we deploy things that use it using Power Apps, uh, then the customer has free reign almost to go and modify. I mean, that is going to become more... Yeah, um, which which is it, which is great, and, and you know, and, and one thing I've noticed is the learning resources around it are really really good. Yes. So if you are that way inclined, mm-hmm. you could probably quite easy to easily teach yourself mm-hmm. how to modify a, a power app. Yeah. Um, the not if the if you've got that integration in place and there is a knock on effect, we have to think about how we can support that. And how great we can power make sure comes great responsibilities. A phrase yeah. used on this podcast, yeah, a few it's, times yeah. before, I think. And, and, but you it's know. so much easier to do it um, within. Um, within a power app, let's say, yeah, yeah. than it might be to do it within within Business Central. Code. I think you've with power apps. Though we've we've kind of learned this that on the surface it looks easy. You know, yes, we can go and do some stuff, but when you start to scratch the surface, it gets a lot more complex. Yeah, but and, if someone scratched that surface and made a complete mess of it, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's then, where then, but they have but to the, understand yeah, the responsibility. Yeah, so I think um, but it's, it's tempting. We have to be very clear about what you know okay. about what we are able to support, where where customers go off and 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 mm. do their own thing when it comes to, to power. To, to some extent, you know, it, and and the power platform isn't isn't a single thing, is it? So, no. you know, if you're if you're taking a bunch of data out and into Power BI and producing something that, I don't know, reports the wrong number or whatever, 
Yeah. It's a wrong number. As long as people recognise it's wrong and it doesn't mean you make the wrong decisions, fair enough. And and kind of there's a very clear line of responsibility. I think, you know, for me, it becomes a whole different ballgame where you're feeding information back in. So if you're building yes. power pages or a yes. power app that oh, you yeah, know, creates yeah. journals yeah. back into your BC yeah. system, then, hey, or you know, just, or a financial change. transaction yeah. might result and, and kind of then, you know, there's a reason why um, even with pen and paper, you know, auditors existed because in effect you need to make sure that there's a validation process to make sure that's right and by the way the one thing that's changed from the pen and paper era to the power apps era is that you know the the pile of of wrong transactions that you can do in a power apps era is distinctly higher than the pen and paper era on the power apps are we saying now that power automate is the workflow tool of choice and there used to be like a as opposed I wish to it was. well there used, there used to be a various isvs or a few isvs that had solutions for okay. workflow into bc or nav as it was yeah is prior automate the place that we would start now if we got workflow yeah. it's a, it's a it should be. Start. Yeah. Yeah. and you know the, the the workflow that's built into bc i hope it dies because it's it fiendishly complicated not very good um you know People are still using it for things like approvals and so on because it was the only option they had a few years ago. But it, it's, it's you know, let's be frank, it's rubbish. It's, but that's it's, the type of evolution we're seeing with the Power Platform, that Microsoft, have, rather than recreating the tool, certain tools from, for a particular product, they're creating more of a generic one that will sit into a lot of their products. Yeah. I, and I think that's lovely. You know, The fact that it's kind of coming out of, of Business Central, going into going into Power Automate flow and then back into Business Central for something like approval of a new customer or a new item. You know, designing that workflow of what your approval process is, brilliant. Power Automate's lovely for putting that together. You're still making sure then that two systems, so if, if for whatever reason, if, say, the authentication of Power Automate into Business Central, you know, that the token expires or whatever, it can't connect suddenly then your your workflow is broken and that's where you need to know that's broken because that type of thing can be broken for a significant period of time before anybody realizes and that's where you get the problem because oh this doesn't work and it should have been and now it's you got a whole bunch of problems so uh, look i think it's fantastic but um it's not as mature yet as as i think it, it's getting there it's not far off now it's a hell of a lot better than it was two years ago but is it where it needs to be not totally i don't know i don't know if there's some nervousness there james from me there's <laughs> using the new technology it's you know i'll, I'll probably jump in maybe a bit too uh you know two feet first with this yeah but, i think but, uh, you know, it's I, great I, when it works but, uh, you know I, I had a, a a customer where we had a couple of power automates running and it was doing quite a high volume of transactions and it ran you know and it well we've moved over to, to a different solution now because they've changed their business but for nine months that just ran without a single error just kept on going yeah. so what else we got then well we i thought just just following on from there we had um the integration with teams um so we're talking about data coming out that was quite yeah that idea of, of in, you know collaborating with your colleagues other parts of the business that are using Teams. Microsoft are now allowing you to drop that data in. I know that they've been doing that. It gets a little bit better every release, but they did announce that if you run a, like Office 365 is now Microsoft 365. They've, they've rebranded everything. But if you're on certain of those licenses, you can consume that data without needing a BC license, yeah. which was quite nice. Um, if you want to share share bit, small amounts, cards from BC into to Teams. So. That'll be controversial again. Oh God, so Microsoft are allowing you to consume your own data. Mm, great. Nice one, Microsoft. You know, whose data is it exactly? It sits within Business Central, but it is the client's data. So I don't think they're doing, you know, um, I don't think they're doing an ultimate favour. No, but I mean, historically, Microsoft will charge you for any any tool or app that they can license in some shape or form. They'll, yeah. they'll charge you their, the, the pound of flesh for it. So You can, I mean, because the, they've had card views for couple of versions now but you know, now you can expose a list of yeah. data in, yeah. in, into Teams. Oh, I know. Yes. And, yeah, uh, yeah. That's useful. Worst case you could have done that with a BC Teams license so you just don't need that if you sorry a BC team, we, yeah, team license. Um, it's a list with a defined you, filter as well isn't it so you can effectively you can filter in the list of what relates to that team Yeah. Um, which I think is really for me it's it's kind of 
that's really useful and that's something that most customers would probably find it useful okay well that was just a, a very small thing that again just a, a slow evolution and you're right Liam the licensing you know is I'm, I'm being I was being provocative no I know what you mean yeah. um, but um, you yeah, know I think I think it is it is good that Microsoft have, have taken the more enlightened view they could have very easily gone in a, another way and tried to monetize it um, don't worry they'll find something else there'll be something else <laughs> well yeah what um, about the telemetry because there was um, there was a lot of sessions wasn't there around telemetry and um, some some at partner level which mm-hmm. probably a customer doesn't need to, to worry about too much but actually there was um, a whole session on how a customer can use telemetry you've got the performance profile in there in, in BC that's you know, if, if there's any performance issues, then customers can which is look at that. which is the single most annoying support call because you can guarantee that the minute you start looking at it, everything works fine. It's one of these like when you call somebody and you go or you car when you take your car into the garage and the noise doesn't work doesn't happen when you yeah, take your yeah, car in. Yeah. But with the um, with the profile, you can you can get that you can see exactly what happened and when, can't you? Mm-hmm. You've got that information, yeah. I and mean, you can start to um, to log. The tool set around performance that we've got now is way, I think, yeah. better than we've ever had. Yeah. And, um, you know, with the, t- the the amount of data they're capturing mm-hmm. over historic, that was always the thing with the on-premise systems is you like, performance was bad yesterday, it really slowed us down. Yeah. Well, I can't do anything about it yesterday because we haven't turned it. Yeah. Yeah. And these we don't have the data. used to put a SQL profile on, which used to slow it down. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, with with the telemetry, you ha- we have got the chance of going back, looking at stuff and, and kind of pulling out mm. what was going on at that particular point in time. So I, I think it's only the start of, of the telemetry journey. And it's interesting that, you know, Microsoft have been banging the drum around this for three years. Kenny's been... Uh, bugging us all around you should look at this you should look at this um i think now partners have caught caught fire with it and understand the potential now um are we exploiting that potential not fully no nowhere near nowhere close but we're getting well we were doing it kind of we were here what just before we went away weren't we for one particular customer and yeah, that's seven, eight o'clock at night where we have to fix this by tomorrow kind of situation. Um, telemetry really helped with that. So it would have been really difficult with yes, it. Yes, really, really, really yeah. difficult. Well, it would have been kind of speculation, wouldn't yeah. it? Of, as well as the performance of I sat through one session, um, they were saying what it can mean to an end user. Um, yeah. I think from an account manager or customer engagement point of view. And they were saying if you're going into your customer, use telemetry and explain to them what areas of the system they might not be using. So, you know, in terms of, core product if they're not going in there the telemetry will tell you if they've had maybe some development work written and you've, you've deployed some extensions it's within not being, it's, it's not being used you know why you asked for this to be done are people not aware of it have we not educated people there was uh, looking at the clients people are running on again if maybe one of the goals had been to have, have something where you were more mobile if, that, if no one's logging on it's not being utilised so your sales people or people on the road might not be u- using it so there's quite a lot of stuff in there that gives an insight to customer I don't think it's you know, groundbreaking, but it, it, it's again a nice way of thinking of what else telemetry can be used as well as support and yeah. performance related. Mm-hmm. There's a hell of a lot of information in there, which, which you can take in, how, used, how a yeah. system is used. So when people are saying it doesn't do this, that or the other, you can go in and say, well, you've not used, you know, a quarter well, of your system. I mean, the reports that we developed within Business Central, um, you know, over the years, you've, 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 Developed lots of reports which have n- probably never They've been never run. Been written. Or we've been mm. running one scenario or, because they, know, they, if, they were a reaction to a particular thing and they just sit there yes. forever. And, and you you end up like maintaining them because you're not sure whether anybody uses them. And so having that situation where you can actually say, look, um, yeah, this is this is when it's run. So things like that, yeah, fantastic. Um, I think it's, it's isn't it hard to keep up. You know, it's it's, and and when you're in a customer engagement, when you're talking to a particular customer, I think it's really hard to kind of bring all of these aspects in. The pace of change is is as fast as it ever was. I mean, it's nice that Microsoft are actually pushing out like different layouts for telemetry, so they are thinking about what people Power might want. dashboards, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you haven't got to uh, you haven't got to design everything yourself or come up with the ideas. So it's nice that there it is, and they're taking the feedback. If you think of something, you know, you mentioned yeah. Kenny, the guy who, who champions this. He said, "Email me, I'll, I'll I'll add it in." So it's great to have that. Um, that well, type he, of- he published a new version of the dashboard yesterday, which from some of the questions that you know, it's a beta version of, of something because he you know he, he got some feedback. From from the directions conference last week, and 
Yes, yeah, so, so customers have got a, a Power BI dashboard that they can use yes. for yes. their own telemetry if they want to. Yes. So a lot of customers might not realise that that's available to them. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of customers which probably would look at that dashboard and go, why well, I have no clue what that means and all yeah. the rest of it. And and that's the role that a partner play, you know, we as a partner play for a lot of them where we are their experts. Yeah. Um, but there's some that do want that some, level. Yeah, yeah, would the like self-service that people. We do want to be able to be very self-sufficient. Yeah. And you do see a lot of this, where tools that partners have had or functionality that partners have had eventually do go downstream and the end user starts utilising them once we become comfortable yeah. and, and know so it, which is always good for certain certain customers not everyone's yeah. going to be benefits from it's that. been yeah. interesting as well how Microsoft are using the telemetry to look at how people are using yeah. BC on SaaS and I think that's given wow hasn't their attitude yeah. changed yeah. over it's the kind last of like, five years oh that's how it works that's how yeah. people use it all yeah. yes. don't use it as we expected it's like you know, why aren't people attaching pictures to customer cards I wonder why you know they're kind of Got into the real world, I think, from telemetry. Where in the real world, obviously, everybody has ugly customers and you wouldn't run the pictures yeah, attached true. with it. <laughs> Except Techman. All Techman <laughs> customers are great for those that are listening. Yeah. Um, uh, speaks to sales direct. Yeah. Talking of sales, the one thing I saw, um, you know, which, which sounds great from a sales perspective, I'm going to throw it out to the, I know Matt's had a little look at this, but um, they were talking about reporting within Excel. Um, yeah which sounds obvious, Excel reporting, but from, uh, you know, when we're talking to opportunities, talking to people looking at Business Central, or even talking to customers, that sounds, oh, this sounds fantastic. And I remember when they did this with um, with, with Word, that you could do your own document designs within Word, and it never seemed right at the beginning. It sounded a great concept, but didn't work quite as, as well as it probably should have done. Reporting with Excel? Yeah, I mean, in effect, when you run a report in BC, you know, traditionally, let's say, I don't know, customer top 10, classic one. Uh, yeah, you, yes, you can put it into Word, into PDF, into Excel, uh, in terms of exporting that data, and it looks just like the report layout that you've just created, you know, the, the standard report layout in there. Underneath, you know, there's a whole set of data that's generated to create that information. So, Well, that's what it does first, doesn't it? Yeah, Creates a report yeah, data set. Yeah. Puts the data and then kind of puts it into the format that the layout has. So now we've got access to that kind of raw data. So you can run a report and it push it into a table in Excel. So in effect, you can run the report, export it to Excel. So you've then got a um, you know, one tab with the data set and you can then create some other tabs. And this is just an Excel yeah, functionality. Yeah, with your charts and your pivot tables yeah. and your Doing you know, lookups, pretty, lookups, X yeah. lookup. You know, there's some great and tools now. with Excel. And you save the last couple of weeks for a form. And actually, you know, populating in effect a form on on tab two and tab three and tab four, um, and then effectively people are filling in that form, and you can bring it back the other way, yeah. which is you know you save like, oh, it wow. and then you just refresh it then, don't you? Rather yeah. than having yes. to so, so once lot. once you've done that and you've saved your report, you then go back into your custom report layout, suck it back in yeah. against that report, and then when you run that report again, your customer top ten, it's an option on your layouts, and you can have multiple options to choose from. So, you know, it's nice, it's nice I use. It's You've got to have the data set there. How many times as people copied and pasted it to Excel and then pivot tabled it and yeah, then do that? Yeah. You, you could just save time. You're setting up that second day. It's almost like a macro that's yeah. doing that second stage, which um, automates it. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I would expect that the majority of management reports that we're generating from BC in the future are are done the layouts done through excel because i think you know the number of times that so the pre you know the rdl layout which is the real alternative boy that's um that's not simple is it that's a developer task and it's quite even the developers don't like it how many years since we've written one of those you know a, a, a layout of a report that stays the same and i you know typically run it print it there it is People don't want that. No. People want the data to go. And, 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 and data, data lives. So, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll want that report to evolve. And this just puts them in control. So yeah. we're giving them the data. So construct the data set, which actually is the easier part of the reporting um, challenge. Um, you know, throw it out to Excel and let the client then decide how they want to lay out. And the performance over and above... So JET is and the other well, option well, that would, people have historically say, used for this. It, but the, the problem do, with do JET... Do you need that? Well, JET, JET it, you know, so you're laying, it out in, you're laying out that kind of report, the, the sheet with the data on, 
and you're using JET, JET goes and gets each individual cell of data, um, kind of the way that that works. And the performance impact of that is way higher yeah. than what we're doing here. So, Yeah, uh, I would say that in a lot of cases as well, our customers using JET reports that you could create out of the box in these. Well, I think there, There's some that not, there's some that are much more complicated than that, in which case should there be in a JET report anyway. But mm. I would say a lot of them are they use it because they can pre-format it and they can I, I just refresh it rather than having to recreate it. Particularly where there's a lot of data. I mean, when Jet was always the the nightmare was where they tried to report across, for instance, all of their item ledger entries. Yeah, mm. you know, because in effect the filter was done the Jet side, the the Excel side. So the, the amount of data that was coming into Excel that to then in a lot of instances get discarded was just could be huge unless you were very cute about how you wrote the report this is create constructing the data set on the bc side with a an optimal query so you know as, as efficiently as possible and then throwing the data that's required into excel for formatting um so i think that's the key difference it, it's 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 a much more efficient process if you just want one number out of bc go use jet to go get that number and bring it back so if you want a you know a balance on a gl account or a balance on a particular customer probably that's the best use jet to go get that but people don't what they do is they end up misusing jet by saying right i want to you know some every item ledger entry I've done in the last three months or whatever, something well, like that. And I that, mean, this, and that this, just is, this is slightly off on a tangent, but it is still exceptionally difficult to get a proper margin report um, using all the tools that we've been given. So if you look at the standard yeah. APIs, yes, we've got the sales transactions. Yes, we've got the credit note, so we can get the sales price, but you don't want to use the cost off the, the sales lines. Yeah. You need to go to the value entries. Right. Yeah. You need to go and get the value <laughs> entries, and you can't do that still. There's still a hole there. So whether whatever tool you are using, well, that's the challenge for us to build a set of uh, of, yes. of reporting yeah. that yeah. provides the data that yeah. the top client typically will yeah. want to use. So they, you need something on top of it because no matter what option you choose, whether you're doing um, reports out of uh, using Excel, if you're doing Jet, if you're doing Power BI, if you're doing anything else, that is still um, how rude. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then. Uh, you know that that's still that's still a challenge, and not this is the the problem that you have is that you need to make sure that the people that are writing the reports understand that underlying data to make sure that that data is correct. Slightly off at a tangent, but that's my yeah. I mean the what going back to the the kind of the jet the Excel layout um, kind of discussion in terms of the choice between the two. Actually, probably more recently, last couple of years, three years, when we've been training customers how to use Jet thinking more around performance typically what we've been saying is pull pull the data into tables because that's quick and then have another tab that goes and does lookups and things like that yeah, so actually yeah, we've so kind of been and where people get it wrong on, on JET is where they're doing you know, NL lookups and yes. they've nested and then, nested yes. and nested and actually because it goes around each one times that times that times that yeah you can end up with millions of reads and, and it's pulling off the table to with run. a filter that's not indexed yeah. and it's yeah. like Compound yeah. queries, isn't it? Yeah. So, talking about reporting, so you you sat, sat in a couple of Power BI sessions. Anything you learned? Um, I I learned that I need to go and learn more. You know what you didn't know. Some of the 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 data flows with the power with Power BI um, and the kind of um, data like Gen two stuff and you know the the that kind of data warehouse stuff i thought was was really interesting and potentially just lays nicely on from the the conversation where you've got those slightly more complex reporting mm. um challenges where you have you you know you you need to link data together and you want to report off multiple tables in one place that actually that might be um a, a kind of a, a, a data warehouse option for for a lot of our customers where they need that also if they've got multiple data sources um, that they need to pull in. So I mean, um, there's still a lot of options I, out there, isn't it, there? It is really, reporting. really confusing. I think um, when you first start looking at um, all the different options for reporting. So I think we have to be clearer about 
the right tool for the right job, which is, um, you know, going back to the kind of power platform conversation, we have to say, right, if that's the kind of thing that you want to do, this is how you should do it, and this is why. So we kind of almost need to look at, you know, the, the do's and don'ts of reporting, and that's that's really probably every year because you know this is evolving rapidly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so things that right I would say ago, don't do today. a year ago, I, th- I think maybe. Well, there's some there's some advanced APIs Microsoft have released now for around financials. Yeah. For Power BI, yeah. Speci- specifically for Power BI, so you can go and point to that, and it's got dimensions. Yeah, and, which is which is know, great, but kind of a lot of our customers they can do that. They 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 it's the it's the stuff around um, margin yeah. and 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 all those it's operational reporting, the operational reporting that um, it is more challenging. I think um, you know. I I mean I like account financial statements, account schedules. You know that you know we've got like customers that use those really well to get those yeah. kind that kind of information. They might export them to Excel yeah. and yeah. they'll get some benefit from being able to 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 do. Um, the Excel reporting and mm-hmm. things we talked about because it'll save them kind of that reformatting exercise yeah. every time. Um, but I think it's the it's the operation side, it's the sales reporting, it's the you know, it's that that kind of business intelligence stuff that um, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could have you know a, a, a live probably pa- pa- chart showing you know, the number of picks that are happening per per hour per person. Um, yeah, and, the, and you the, know, you can consider kind of, around it. You write the reporting around inventory. It's, it, you know, it's non-existent. Non-existent. <laughs> it's not these items. There's a uh, there's there's no ledger entry or value entry um, or warehouse entries in the APIs, is there? Look, if you have well, we would have to write item, those. item ledger entries. Are there? Is there is there item ledger entries? Are you sure? There's yeah. no value entries. Yeah, item ledger entries. Um, but um, yeah, I think. That, that's our job now to, to see and you if look we can at the fill supply those chain. gaps. And I, they might get filled in the future, but for the moment, we need those now. I mean, you look at the supply chain hassles that, that everybody in the world has had yeah. if they deal with inventory. And, you know, how many do I need? How many, what's my, you know, what's my forecast inventory level? And, it, and effectively, you're talking about, um, if you want that off the shelf, you've got to bolt some quite expensive add-ons on top of yeah. BC to get that. And, and yeah, that's not, just telling me what's my peak inventory, what's my peak demand over the last 12 months, what's my average demand over the last 12 months, just things like that that are fairly basic 101 questions mm. around supply chain. You know, what what's the currency fluctuations yeah. that we've had? Yeah. What's that done to my cost yeah. model? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, there's I think there's a whole bunch of reporting that actually we have to get much better. There is, and the, the key to this is, there, isn't it? It, is, it is, it's just, but it's, with, it's such with a complex that, The kind of reports that you're talking about, you need them now. You know, it's yeah. no good, have, you know, having to put a request in for us and having to wait six weeks well, the currency has probably gone back the other way. You know, it has to be stuff that you can use to make quick business t- decisions. So it's no good that it, if it if it is a complex, long process to get these reports out. So we've got that's that's what I've learned. That's what we've got to work on. Is, is I mean, I was talking. You know, we we're a professional services firm. I was talking to our bankers about like what forward currency we should buy in euros. That's like, well, how many euros? What have we? You know, what's our euro consumption in the last? 12 months it's like I have no clue so you know fortunately I know the data and I could go and like filter on the accounts and say what's the turnover on each one and that's what we've spent in that's what we paid out in euros currency reporting yeah but could, yeah, but BC, could, uh, though, could most it? MDs and our customers go, no. and, go and, and do no, that I, I, because like, no. they don't know the data in the way that the you data, do you've got to understand the data exactly so and that's, that's that's what that's what I liked. Oh, one more thing that I liked as well: the permission. Do you see that? Yes. You can. You exclude. Could, it's not exactly revolutionary for for most people I know, but being able to exclude rather than include. I, I've seen a lot of positive. I thought about was that. you know that that's a real step forward because it's still and you know when I um so, to be obviously clear if that, you're going to migrate to SaaS, yeah. you've got to rebuild your permissions pretty yes. much. Yeah. Um, we should, I think, BC has changed so many. Exactly. So yeah. much yeah, over the years that actually you should you rebuild your positions. You can't migrate your users. You have to set up users again anyway. So you might as well, as part of that exercise, um, migrate your permissions and use use. Do your groups? Features. Do your groups properly? Not field level yet, but I got the the impression that that might be. <laughs> okay, know about the ass. I mean, yeah. the, the, the rules really is that you should use the um, the Microsoft permission sets. Yes, because Microsoft update those when we'll you maintain. Features. Yeah, because so yeah. So if there's yeah, because the problem with table, that, if we just it, yeah. is if they add a new table, then all of a sudden yeah. nobody can use anything because 
But when you build an extension now, you can extend the permission sets. So before, when you built an extension, you you know to get it into App Source and really best practice was that you created a, a new permission set for that extension. So you could quite easily have five or six that related to sales, for instance, yeah. because you kept them separate extensions, you had PTs or whatever. And it was really complex. And what do you call them and how do you know who needs what and all the rest of it. And so it was a nightmare trying to work out, does this person have access to this? Mm. Now you can extend a permission set. So, you know, I, I'm saying to all our devs, don't create a new permission set because yeah, exactly. it's just confusing. It's meaningless. Go and add it to the standard one. Bit on top of because permission should be done by process, yes. not by yes. You know, well, you should, what does this customer? What sorry? What does this user need to do their job? Not do they need this extension to the net? Because that's just part of the the, mm. the business process. You know, and the D three six five permission sets are for me are a lot better than the historical ones, which are still there. Um, I, I, I'm. Slightly disappointed that Microsoft haven't aligned the permission sets around roles. I, I don't see the difference. So why would you give somebody a role and not give them the permissions to run that role? Yeah. Makes no sense to me at all why you've got security groups and you've got roles. Um, in effect, roles and security groups you know, are the same thing. I, I, but I, I was quite excited. But. It, it, no, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a, you know, it's it's massively easy to manage and. You know, yes, you had the effective permissions report for a while now, which you could say, right, this this person, what permissions do they get? But then, when you, do, I don't want to, I don't want them to have um, access to vendor bank accounts. You couldn't specifically say you don't get access yeah. to that. You had to make sure that none of the permission yeah. groups they were in gave them access to vendor yeah, bank accounts. Right. Now you can just go and say you Absolutely. don't get access to this. Yeah. But yeah, it would so, be yeah, nice if we good. could do that field level as well. But I, you know, I, you I can change anything on the customer card except the credit limit. Yeah. There's a question there though that you know this new feature has come in, and and all the customers we got on SaaS, which you know, three figures now or whatever it is. Um, the the thing about the little incremental changes every month, you know, those new permission functionality. When will our customers, when will our SaaS customers get those? Because when you used to do a like an upgrade every three years, four years, five years, it was kind of right, this is new, therefore, you know, the reason that upgrade was quite lengthy and, and involved was that you'd be going over and looking at, right, when we migrate from version 13 to 14, this is or you know, actually 13 to 18, it was probably more closely to what it the cycle you were doing it you'd be looking at what's changed and you'd be exploiting yeah, it but in now reality very, though, James the like for like upgrades were, were, was the majority of what people do they they see all the new functionality and they want it but do they do they do they really exploit it and all I'm saying stuff, is with SaaS stuff it's, there's a lot of so, new functionality that's there yeah, well, but until releasing. you go use it Every, every time there's a, a major release, if you're on a managed service, then you're getting all this documentation around what's new, and it's targeted at the actual user, so that you can just take, uh, if it's a finance-related function, you can just take it and give it to your finance users, and they can start to use it. Um, people aren't, we, we can see how many people are watching this um, content or mm -hmm. reading this content, and it's not enough. Customers aren't taking advantage of the new features so we're shouting about them though, and we're there? doing podcasts and we're t we're telling people but you you, you can lead a horse towards <laughs> we can't a, make a, a drink so we are we're trying really hard to make sure that 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 customers get this information and can pass it on because obviously it's the it manager probably isn't going to be doing the task so we're giving it in a way that he can then pass that on to the person that is doing it but I, I would encourage people to It's really difficult, to, to though, do isn't that. it, to justify when you've got something that, quote-unquote, works, to justify spending times to make it, it better. Yeah. You know, I, I, so I do have some sympathy because I've certainly too. got a list of those. I do I'd too, like to do, but I can't get... Don't we all? Yeah. But um, it's, very, it's very subtle, though, isn't it? Because you, you get these incremental changes and you look back 18 months ago, oh, actually, this this could make a big yeah. difference to us. And, uh, and the point... You know, I, I made to Microsoft a few times. We had a few um, yeah, closed meetings in effect. And I was like, 
When you introduce a change, the problem is that the change isn't coming in and a lot of the changes bluntly are not finished. You know, so they come in and then there's there's this release of it and then this release of it and then this release of it. And actually that process of not, quote unquote, finishing something before it's launched, I think that's leading to kind of... Um, that that exacerbates this problem and I'll explain that why because if you spend you know if if you spend time kind of adapting to the new change and then you so pricing okay yeah. <laughs> pricing so they introduce the new pricing model okay and in theory the old pricing model is going to get deprecated you know it's in feature management you can turn it on I like the fact that they're introducing more control about when you turn the new features on yeah really positive when it's something really fundamental like that yeah. it does but you know there are there are aspects of where the new pricing isn't equivalent to the old. There's some stuff on the old pricing that you can't, it's, you struggle to do on the new pricing. For me, I think there's still some work to do on the new pricing to, um, to, to make it as friendly and as capable to move the dial so it's way better than the old pricing. Now, they've introduced the pricing. If I'd, well, we have, we've got some customers that have, you know, we do what I would regard as the right thing, which is, if you're going on, to, if you're going on to Business Central now, turn all the new stuff on because it should, in theory, save you. I know, should, you, again, should save you pain. You, but if you go into it new, it's one thing. If you're migrating from something else, then it, it sometimes. I'm, I'm trying to say badly here is if you move to, you know, they release it, you move to it, and then they release the better version because it's not quite good enough. You've yeah. then got a job to move to yeah. version two and version three and version four. So customers are getting savvy to this and they're going. Yeah, my contention was they're going, well, let's just wait and let's make sure that it's finished before we go through the pain of migrating our business and all the people in our business to this new release. But the, those are things that you have to do. I think that the things that are going under the radar are the, the new little features that are added that people never know they're there because they never have to use them. They just sit there in the background. So that's where... Um, it'd be really good to see our documentation being pushed out to the to the. Um, this is a change users. management process, isn't yeah. it? It's kind and of like when do you jump, to, yeah, how do you do, need to get what, on board with that. what are the priorities and so on. And, and you know, constant updating means constant change. It's not, it's not the data search feature that came in. Yeah, yeah. you got Alt-Q where you can search functionality. Exactly, yeah. And, now uh, you can go and search for data with uh, uh, Yeah, and how many people, at, at end, the, the end users that our customers will know that. Mm. You know, maybe they should be having... Um, you know, twice a year meetings with their key users to go through these new changes that they can then push out. And um, like James said, it is a, it's a change management. And the, 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 you know that again is that came out. That was there was no. I didn't see that in any of the docs. No, it just landed. <laughs> yeah. That's the other problem. Yeah, you yeah. don't necessarily. So it landed, and, and you know it's there. And then as it happens, you know we've got clever global search, which does pretty much yeah. the equivalent of what it does. But the problem is we can't deprecate Clever Global Search because there's about three things which it doesn't do. And you know, so do we maintain the two things that have a lot of overlap side by side? It, it, so change is not easy always, is it? And it, it does introduce some headaches. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I, in that particular one... If you're losing, using Clever Global Search, I would say carry on using it because you're going to go, well, this isn't good enough. But if you're not using Clever Global Search, probably I wouldn't advise starting now. I'd, yeah. I'd go use the standard Microsoft stuff because yeah. hopefully it will get better. Mm. But then it doesn't always because yeah. they they're not detailed enough in the roadmap. So you don't know whether they're going to... Um, you know, address those gaps and what the time scale are going to do it on. It's the agile world, agile world isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, it's yeah. constant change. You, yeah. you get your minim, minimal viable product to begin with and because you know, Microsoft want to see get feedback to see which route they're going to go. Yeah, It is, but then when they stick that minimum viable product out into the product and the telemetry says nobody's using it, they go, ah, oh, nobody wants it. In actual fact, the reason nobody's using it is they look at it and go, well, until it does this, we can't use it. And they don't, you know, so that, I know there's a little bit of a gap there, I think, um, in terms of the BC ideas. You know, it's now got so many ideas on it. I think it's just, it's become snow a little bit. I don't I don't feel like, you know, for the first time at Directions, every previous Directions for the last X years, 
they've stood up and they've said we've they've addressed the top yeah. the top 92 ideas in BC ideas we've addressed yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that in the keynote this year <laughs> they've got any two the same just like <laughs> um, so I think you know for the first time that that maybe that that tells a little story about BC ideas doesn't it that maybe they're not looking at it in quite the same way which is what we told them last year so I mean yeah, they, they react certainly to react quickly to you know if you look at the uh, the change they did in 21 which any um, in the background any field you know every time you move from field to field it's, it's writing back to the database they got a bit of feedback on that fairly quickly <laughs> bit of feedback yeah and, and fairly quickly there was an update that allowed you to disable it yeah, yeah that, that's that's good yes it, it, it was very good that they reacted as quickly as they did um, well, why they did it I'm not sure we've got an answer yet. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, there's, so again, sitting with some of the fellow MVPs, we had a long debate about, you know, whether actually it's a good thing. Do you want it to save after every field? Um, or do you want it to save you know, at a particular case? Because um, the business logic of that, particularly in a, in a replication world where you replicate it across, you create a customer after you create the customer number and you haven't got a name yet. Mm. You know, and then that's the API can see that and can fire it across. Yeah. When you had to fill in a certain, you know, you had to kind of go next record or close the page before it was saved in. Um, you know, that meant it would only be exposed by the API when you got all the mandatory fields that you pretty much want, like posting groups and all the rest of it filled in. So it is a real change to kind of the way that it works and your know, feature management. The, the issue with feature management that I've got is that eventually they become mandatory. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, just engineering that particular, making sure that that doesn't break anything is mm. in all sets of circumstances. And particularly when we're going into this world that we started off with, where it's not BC, it's BC plus all of the other products in the set. How do you make sure that's not broke? Something that fundamental is not broken. Anything? Actually, you could spend several days just checking that that still wait. You know, you might not have broken anything, but you need several days just to ensure yeah. per client, just ensure that you haven't broken anything. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, look, you know, um, the rapid pace of change is fantastic. In some ways, in other ways, it introduces a different set of challenges. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. If uh, I think we've covered the thing. Yeah. Well done. Well done. If you got to the end of that. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I think generally, I think the, the high-level news was BC's doing really, really well. Um, the product, as you said, continues to have new stuff added to it, functionality, uh, the interface changes. It, Every partner well. I spoke to said demand was off the charts. You know, it's it's capacity in the channel is is one of the biggest issues, and I think um, you know there's so much so much potential out there it's difficult to to exploit every client wants to um so if we've got any end users out there listening who are looking for a change want to come work for a partner <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 i broke the contract um, there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah i so think I it's, 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 it's a, you know um and i can't i can't see that changing liam you know the the, the phrase you've heard me say many times is no client ever buys enough efficiency and that's that's primarily that's what Dynamics is providing. So, um, whichever, you know, if, even in the if the economy does go to uh, to part as as kind of everybody seems to be predicting, I still think that um, business systems is um, it's a hot place to be right now. Okay. All right. Well, look, guys, thanks for your contribution. Thanks for your your summary of uh, a few days over at Directions and. Um, Thank you for everyone who's tuned in and listened. So we'll see you soon on another episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. Bye.